Join us on Facebook Live because Steve Vines, past go, collected 200 rupees and got out of jail free. How are you? Good morning. Uh, 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 I'm still here. I'm, <laughs> I'm only barely surviving. I mean, I was in that Penny's, De Penny's Bay quarantine centre. We managed to keep that a bit QT last week, Steve, so I don't think a lot of people know about this. But uh, it's, Oh, is that right? Well, all, all I can say is um, I don't recommend it. <laughs> And I'm putting that as mildly I've as got I about 100 classical musician friends who would be on the same boat as you right now, waving their hands in the Absolute, air from the Hong Kong Absolutely. Film. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, where to start? Being confined to a room for 24 hours, being served various grey, brown and beige slush in polystyrene boxes, having harsh lighting, you know, all day in the room, this very powerful fluorescent lighting. Yeah, but enough about your pad. What about yeah. quarantine? Oh, that. Oh, I don't know where that came into the picture at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I was in there following two-minute contact with a hair stylist at RTHK's television house. Um, so, Come on, he did a perm on you. You know he did. Come on, admit it. <laughs> no, he combed my hair. Um, but, I know, that was before the glamour of a TV show. But the thing is, I mean, if that's how the Hong Kong government treats people who are in inverted commas innocent goodness knows what lies in um store for anybody who who really gets on the wrong side of the government you know i understand quarantine i understand isolation i understand all these things yep. but why it has to be done in this brutalist and aggressively unpleasant way that bit i don't get and anybody who's been in that uh, little gulag will tell you it's very very tough and uh, congratulations to the fine people who set that up because they've instituted a regime there which is totally unflexible inflexible which maximizes inconvenience which has as its way of operating discomfort i mean luckily for, for example Luckily, I'm I'm the height I am. If I was like half an inch taller, I wouldn't even have been able to fit into the tiny little bed that's into the room. Yeah. Well, the room is small, compact. I believe it would be called if well, I was an estate agent. The good news is, Steve, you're out in I'm one out. piece, and there's yeah. always a pint in the yeah. pub. So let's talk about the budget. Let's do that. So the budget. What is to say about this budget? I mean, it's an absolute staggering piece of work. You've got a budget in the middle of an enormous economic recession at a time when there is serious encroaching poverty in Hong Kong, record numbers of people are losing their jobs, companies are closing down. What is there in the budget to help them? Some of the unemployed, for example, are going to be offered the possibility of going into debt by taking out government loans. For people who are living on the poverty line, the package of benefits has been slashed in half compared to last year. There's money for what the government wants. I mean, there's $8 billion, $8 billion in there for uh, national security purposes. When Paul Chan I've already, asked, had, I've already had a couple of questions online, sorry, Steve, uh, uh, saying, well, what, do you, what does he think this eight da -da 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 is going to be spent on? And I pointed out that you don't have a crystal ball, but give it a crack. Well, it's, it's not that I don't have a crystal ball. It was when Paul Chan was directly asked 
what is this money going to be spent on? It is, after all, public money. He said, oh, I can't really talk about this. It's national security. I mean, this is how things go nowadays. And let me just do a little bit of compare and contrast. $8 billion into a black box, which will never be opened, you can be sure of that, for national security. $1 billion, that's, that's just $1 billion, has been set aside for tackling problems in decrepit old buildings. Those are the very problems that have caused the spread of the virus in some of Hong Kong's more deprived areas. This, you would think, was a no-brainer. You would set about tackling the root causes of virus contagion. It's so obvious to me, yet this parsimony in, in, in actually addressing real problems. Take the issue of, um, I'm, just, I'm just trying to, to, to take the issue of another ludicrous scheme to dish out money to everybody, regardless of need. This is the $5,000 coupon, electronic coupon scheme. The many things we know about this. First of all, there are people in the community, particularly older people, who aren't that familiar with electronic coupons. So whether they can take Electronic anything, fair play to them as well. Well, indeed. But the real thing about this is it's supposed to increase consumption, but it will only be available to the big, powerful chain stores who have all sorts of electronic devices. If you've been into your local wet market or your little local shop, nine times out of 10, they want cash. They don't bother with all this electronic stuff. Yeah. So you exclude a big swathe of people who are operating small and medium-sized enterprises. Oh, and by the way, those are the people who've been really severely affected by the crisis. You're dishing out money to people who don't necessarily need it. And you're aggressively saying to people who do need it, we're cutting your benefits by half. As far as the unemployed are concerned, there's nothing there for you, but you can take out a loan and get into debt um, as you try and find work. We don't know when those people will get work again. And then you've got sort of, I'm just trying to think of anything in there that I, I, I find even vaguely um, encouraging. And honestly, you look through it, there isn't, there isn't a scintilla of vision. You know, in times of big crisis, you need big solutions. You don't need little piddling, you know, round the edges, twiddling with this and that. I mean, they're going to give, for example, 500 million for the improvement of country parks. I hate to think what that may mean, because every time the government improves a country park, <laughs> it's building some monstrosity that's not needed, not part of the natural environment. I read a comment, Steve, from somebody who's an avid hiker, and they described it as the pussification of the hiking trails. We don't need it, it said. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I like it. Well, it is. Ain't, it, ain't that just the case? So, you know, this is, I, I have to say, I mean, even if you go to this budget with low expectations, this is a manifestation, not only of incompetence, because frankly, to accuse the Lamb administration of being incompetent is like saying, I've just discovered the Pope is a Catholic. I mean, that, that, that's not new information. But it's this aggressive determination to tackle none of the big issues 
facing Hong Kong today. And you know what will happen. It will go sailing through the newly um, informed, the newly enhanced puppet legislature. There'll be a little bit of twiddling around the end, but they'll all vote for, as they're told to vote. There won't be proper scrutiny of this budget. And I think it's in the confidence that there won't be proper scrutiny that, that, that the people who devise this budget have come up with it because they're going, oh, we don't really need to accommodate everyone because we can get away with it now. There's nothing to stop us. Peter Lewis described it yesterday as like half a budget. What he meant was whatever the amounts were last time, it's kind of, it's kind of half that this time. across. Yes, well, there, 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 there is indeed that um, aspect to it. But, I mean, taking half measures is bad enough, but taking no measures is even worse. Oh, yeah. I mean, why is there money for everything except for the kind of big, bold economic initiatives that would put the Hong Kong economy back to work? If you're looking for those in the budget, unless they're labelled GBA, which is not grievous bodily assault, it actually stands for the Greater Bay Area, unless it's labelled GBA, it ain't there. So, you know... That's where we are. I have to say, Paul Chan, I know he's an accountant by trade and he has all the dynamism associated with accountancy, but, you know, even by his standards, no point. Well, he's doing a stand-up tomorrow on Radio 3, early in the morning, at Backchat time, 8 o'clock. So if if you want to uh, get in touch, (laughs) bring it on. Yeah. Bring it on. I don't mean you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I was going to say... It, 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 it's a bit like, you know, telling a rubber duck to eat up their food. It's, it, it, it's kind of, um, it's a kind of pointless exercise, I'm afraid. To Steve, say. would you use words like bread and circuses when it comes to hiking trails and this, that and the other? Well, I mean, the, the, it, it, it's actually worse than bread and circuses because at least with bread and circuses, you get some entertainment. You know, that's that's why the Romans used to put on these big gladiatorial... Um, events morning, in the Colosseum, yeah. But you know, when you when you know for a certain fact that once the government starts splashing out money, I'm sorry to keep returning to the country parts, but well, it's, it's something I know. It's about. a heart, isn't it? Splashing it's, out money. Yeah. Sorry, it's a kind of a heartbeat of Hong Kong. That that those places. Well, it's a heartbeat of Hong Kong, and more particularly, it's a heartbeat that has been very widely discovered by people who've never used the country parts before because it's one of the few places you can go during this crisis. I mean, that, to my mind, is a good thing. If you were going to use that money to do sensible infrastructure things like improving public transport to the country parks, possibly um, doing a little bit to improve, you know, the, the public conveniences, that sort of thing, I wouldn't, you know, I'd say, oh, that's all right, that's a good thing. But we know for a fact that's not what it's going to be. There'll be a pavilion here, the greater what's it there. A looking out area, so you can look out. The other place. I'll tell you what, um, over the last holiday, Steve, <laughs> you were, I think you were locked up. Anyway, over the last holiday, certainly Lantau flooded with people. Yes. More so than in, well, a long, long time. And so that probably means Saikung and all these other places were flooded with people. And fair play to them. They want to get away from things. They want to stretch their legs. But is that perhaps why there's this focus on, well, they're all coming, so let's tart it up. But that's not the, the reason I, they're coming is because they're all going bananas for one reason or another. I in think town the reason they're they coming is because they don't have an alternative. But 
I think what, what happens, and this is a good thing, is when people who haven't really um, visited these areas go there, they suddenly discover a whole part of Hong Absolutely. Kong that is new and fabulous. And that, that's good. That's great. But But all I'm saying is that, you know, the whole point about it is it's the natural environment that people are loving. Mm. It's not vast and stupid looking little out edifices. Pavilions. <laughs> looking out pavilions. And of course, <laughs> things uh, where you can I attach a plaque out. saying the chief secretary opened this, you know, this, this new plastic tree or whatever it is. Should we do a couple of messages here, Steve? Um, so Colin and Christina both focus on 8 billion, question mark. Colin says new staff canteen, question mark. Uh, Christina... 8 billion reliance on feng shui, a little extreme. Uh, Bright says, 5K, he said, I don't pay my internet fixing, my computer fixing, my phone paying my electric, and I want a good deal out of my supermarket, not at buy three, pay more. Um, and does Paul Chan even know the regular price of a meal for a family of four and a cup of coffee? So that seems to be the flavour this morning. We're on Facebook Live. Yeah, I think the, the, the 8 billion, just to clarify, is, is the money going for... Excuse me, national security. Yeah, but but the the the, the five thousand, which um, was also just being talked about there. I mean, I'm still not clear exactly how how that's going to work. But be sure, it's money going to go to the Hong Kong cartels. That's how things work here. If you run a cartel, expect maximum support. If you run a small business. <laughs> That's your fault for running a small business. Mm. David Webb had a great conspiracy theory this morning on Backchat that it's vouchers because vouchers will take a long time to put into play and it will be nearer the next LegCo election, so everybody's going to look really sort of convivial and generous. Well, we have new information about the next LegCo election, don't we? Which is that <laughs> it doesn't really matter because there will be no real opposition um, permitted to take part in that election, so I, I don't quite agree with that conspiracy theory. I mean, the, the, the pace at which the erosion of the small remaining democratic areas in Hong Kong is taking place. I mean, we, we heard this week from Xia Baolong, the director of the Hong Kong and Macau Affairs um, Office in Beijing, that only patriots would be allowed to take part in elections. And you say, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with being patriotic. I certainly would say that. But then he goes down and starts defining it. And one of the things that he defined was that patriots have to love the Communist Party. Well, if you remember what Deng Xiaoping always said in devising one country, two systems, and said explicitly, he says, patriots can disagree with Chinese socialism. That's a direct quote. Yeah, he that. said, patriots <laughs> can be allowed to have different views. That ended now. Yeah, but when, to did, be he, a patriot, when did he say that? You have to love the country. Uh, when did Dung say that? Yeah, a, long, a long time ago. Sorry? A long time ago. Well, Dung said it more than once, but he certainly said it um, a lot during the 1980s, during the period of drawing up the basic law and the negotiation of, of the... Um, Joint declaration. So, you know, and it was it was a core part of the one country, two systems principle. You may say, well, you know, what does it matter what Dung said then? Well, he's the architect of the system, so it does matter what he said. Mm. He's the person who is responsible for, obviously not on his own, but but for for putting it into 
um, the basis of the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region. So it really does matter what he said. And uh, uh, Xiao Long, um, who's more recent to the party, but maybe not more recent to the Communist Party, um, is busy reinterpreting, as we see by the day is happening here, to terrifying extent. And I'm really um, afraid to say that I don't think I'm exaggerating when I think that when I say that the next election will be a hollow little uh, farce. There, there will people who are known to substantially oppose the government simply will be disqualified if they're not in jail. They might be accused by, if they try and organize themselves for the election, of undermining national security, so they'll go to jail again, and so on and so on. We're in the end of the remnants of any form of recognizable democratic system. Oh, and by the way, while all this is going on, the purge of the district councils hasn't begun, but because the Democrats had the temerity to win that election, back um, a year ago, they're going to be purged very evidently because winning the election is being described in the new lexicon mm. as a dastardly election plot. In my book, when you win an election, it means that's because people have chosen you to represent them. But apparently it's a dastardly election plot. Watch this space. We've got to go to the news right now. Steve will be back with you. In Righty-ho, it's 28 minutes to 11 o'clock this Thursday morning. Still in with Steve Vines. Well, we were talking um, before the break about the pending, um, how can I put it, uh, squeezing of the remnants of a democratic system in Hong Kong. What is staggering about this is the extent to which the local Quislings uh, are trying to give Quislingality a bad name. They've been lining up in the week to say, this has got to be done by Beijing. We don't need to be involved in this. I mean, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. This is precisely what they say. I particularly like the comment from Maria Tam, who said, well, Beijing's got to do it because there's not enough people left in LegCo now to handle the reform of the election system. There is a reason for that, Ms. Tam. Um, I think you better go and look up the newspapers and, and, and find why that is. So you've got these people lining up to say, not only is it right that, that, that this fundamental part of Hong Kong's promised autonomy will just disappear like a puff of smoke, mm -hmm. but they're also saying in advance that whatever Beijing decides will be correct and will be supported. Again, these is, they're saying that in those precise terms. You don't need to make this stuff up. So <laughs> I'm just, um, I, I think even by the standards of Quislingism, this is going that extra mile. And, you know, while we've got a situation in um, LegCo where there is no real opposition, you know, eight of the nine meetings that, that have been held since that, um, state of affairs arose, have had to be halted because of lack of quorum. They don't even bother to turn up um, now that they know that everything is going to be shoveled through. They don't bother to turn up. And when they do turn up, 
um, it apparently, it, it, it not apparently, it is a fact that that in the questioning of ministers, there there is very often not enough questions to fill the allotted time slots. So they're not monitoring the government at all. The idea that LegCo would run more efficiently is, of course, correct. If your definition of efficiency is that the legislature doesn't do its job of questioning and scrutiny. And you, you, you now see the only thing that they're really paying attention to is reforming all the laws, sorry, the, the, the rules governing the conduct of the legislature to eliminate questioning, to stop filibustering, to limit speeches, etc., etc., etc. So on the smallest of off chances that in the newly rigged election system, a few opponents will get through and start sitting again in the chamber. They're already changing the rules to make sure that they're powerless. I mean, really, really, it's hard to exaggerate. Again, it's hard to exaggerate the depths to which um, they have sunk in their absolute determination to turn Hong Kong into, actually, I don't know what now. I, I'm, I'm, genuinely don't know what they see as the end product of all of this. Mm. On the one hand, obviously, they see it as a compliant um, city that no longer raises any challenge to the central authorities. That bit I get. But what do they think is going to emerge from this? I'm actually quite curious to know, because all we've been told, and it's quite significant how the official speak has changed. When you hear Carrie Lam and people like that, Remember who she is? She's, she's chief executive in name only. She's got some sort of job in the government. I don't know exactly what it is. But when you hear her speak nowadays, she very often refers to Hong Kong as being a city in the Greater Bay Area. Number one, that's not its official status. It's a special administrative region. You can see it on the banner. You know, it says that. Um, number two, there's quite an interesting shift in emphasis as to what Hong Kong is. It isn't a place with any degree of autonomy anymore. It is, its status exists from being part of the Greater Bay Area, which incidentally is is a concept. There's no uh, formal structure to it, but you know, I suppose those things really don't matter anymore. So I wonder, as I keep saying, I wonder what it is that they're actually trying to achieve other than tremble in the bay let's say hello to Cotton. question yeah i hear you i hear you i don't think anybody will have the answer to that one but it's been widely talked about colin good morning yun long attack has just uh, yun long attack trial he says has just started this week um he says any thoughts why it's taken so long to bring to court that's on our facebook any page. thoughts why it's taken so long to bring to court why so few people have been charged why when it gets to court the prosecution has been so inept that the judge in frustration has said to them, you know, your presentation of this case is so vague and imprecise, you better go back and bring a proper case to the court. I mean, why has that happened? Mm, very hard to work out, eh? All right, Colin, thanks very <laughs> much. Morning Brew is our page. Time for a couple more, Steve. Shall we, shall we just very quickly, because it is the elephant in the room, oh, yeah. talk about the uh, that virus thing that's oh, yeah, going that. around. <laughs> oh, yeah, you heard about that too? Well, there you go. 
you're well informed. So it turns out, as we sort of knew, that the promises from Sinovac to produce the third phase testing results haven't materialized. Mm -hmm. We are now know for a fact that the maximum efficiency of the Sinovac vaccine, which is now being distributed in Hong Kong, the maximum efficiency is about 60%. Its general efficiency is around 50%. That means it's the least effective of the vaccines available to the world. And Hong Kong has the privilege of getting it. Of course, the reason why we're using Sinovac here, although apparently, but these promises are not to be um, uh, relied upon other vaccine rights. The reason, of course, why Hong Kong has to have Sinovac is political, nothing to do with medicine. But the real problem with this, as has been pointed out by um, medical professions, is if you have a vaccine with such low efficiency, such low effectiveness, you make it extremely difficult to build up herd immunity in the community mm -hmm. because you only do that with a really effective vaccine. So first of all, a lot of people won't take it because of all the reasons that have been mentioned many, many times. Secondly, even if they do take it, it's, it's only partially effective. So great. I know that Carrie Lam thinks that, that the whole purpose of a vaccination campaign is so she can sit there and yet again say, oh, I want to thank the central authorities, the central authorities, the central authorities, the central authorities. I always thought the purpose of a vaccination program was to combat the virus. But what do I know? I'm not a medical specialist. Mm. <laughs> All right, Steve, BS. But meanwhile, BS, in other news, this is the good one. This is the one that um, uh, I'm sure the listener will enjoy. In other news, I'm very pleased that units from the PLA have been, People's Liberation Army, have been dispatched to Hong Kong to train the police in marching style. So they're training them to do the goose-stepping march. Anybody listening to this have a word association with that? instead of the current drill, which is essentially a British marching style. So look forward to seeing the Hong Kong police learning how to goose step. Take care. What an improvement. Talk to you next week. <laughs>